everyone, and welcome to the Traceability Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Edwards, and today we'd like to welcome Patrick Giwa from the UK. So very happy to have him with us today. I know it's a little late there, so really appreciate your willingness to be with us. Patrick is a dynamic business analyst consultant, a product manager, and process automation expert. He's got a PhD in management with a focus on technology entrepreneurship. He has a mission to help kids in Africa get easy access to computers and internet facilities. So I'm sure we'll uh, talk about that uh, as the conversation goes along. So welcome, Patrick. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. So happy to be here. Oh, good. So how we start out is we kind of go back to the beginning and ask how you got started as a business analyst. (laughs) Right. Okay. That is always an interesting story um, because it's a long story, right? So as you know, everyone has a business analyst story. So for me, I'm one of those who was actually doing business analysis tasks without actually bearing the title. I've, I worked at dig, digital marketing agencies. I had my own agency. I was I was doing all sorts of things, you know, doing different projects and consulting as a business analyst without actually knowing that it was um, a business analyst task. So for me, it goes all the way back to when I actually finished college or in university, as we say here. When I finished and I started looking for jobs, one thing was sure. So when I was in my, my degree, one thing was sure for me. Because my degree was in telecommunications and computer networks engineering, right? I knew that I didn't want to be a software technologist, you know, sitting behind a computer somewhere in some room and people only just call me when they need me, you know, sort of IT support type of thing. But at the same time, I love technology so much. I didn't want to be too far away from technology. I didn't just want to be in the business side. So I always say, um, when I'm when I'm doing interviews back then, I'd say, I just want to, I love technology so much, I want to be able to use technology to help businesses. I want to leverage technology for businesses. Now, at the time, I didn't know this was what business analyst was about, right? Um, but that's what I always say in interviews. So fast forward, um, fast forward, completing my PhD, doing all these projects that I've been doing, because that's how I've just kind of built myself, you know, leveraging technology for business. So finishing my PhD now, I'm thinking, okay, I want to actually build and accelerate my career. I want to create a path for myself. At this point, I knew I'm also very entrepreneurial. So I was thinking, how can I bring all of this together and create a career for myself? So I had several options. I had consulting, I had doing project management. And then I think it was in that search that I, I came across business analysis. And then I read what business analysts does, what they do, and immediately I was like, "This is it. This is this is literally the career for me. This is this is it for me." Like, it's like I've been I've been doing this, so I was really really excited to actually find a career that defines and me, and I can really bring myself into. And then I then went through the whole journey of getting to the mindset, finding a training um, organization to train me up. I bought the books, I did the courses, you know, revamped my CV and then got into the market to get my BA role. So that's my um, long journey to becoming a business analyst. I love that. And as you say, it's a pretty common uh, way to sort of find ourselves in business analysis. We discover that we're doing some tasks and we know that those are the tasks that we enjoy and how can we leverage this? And 
I know you enjoy mentoring other business analysts who are sort of feeling similarly about how can I, how can I leverage this into a career? And so what would maybe be your advice for, as you're finding that you're taking on some tasks, you don't know what your career's looking like. uh, You don't necessarily have a vision. Would a question be to someone who wants to get into business analysis as a career or um, just deciding on a career path in general? Probably both questions. So because I I know you're also big uh, on on career paths in general as well. So maybe let's start specifically with business analysis and, and how you can leverage that into other things later on. I do get a lot of people coming to me and asking, oh, you know, I want to I get into business analysis. How do I do it? Where do I start from? Oh, I'm doing this and that, but I want to get into business analysis. What is it like being a business analyst? So I, I get a lot of that. And I'm actually working on an article to actually like crystallize my thoughts and my own personal experience to actually becoming a business analyst. And it's basically seven, seven steps, seven, seven simple steps, the simple but not necessarily easy, but but seven simple steps to get to becoming a business analyst. And these are the steps I personally went through. So the first thing for me is to develop a business analyst, analyst mindset. Now, maybe you'd help me here, Tracy, between the first and second, because I'm just trying to decide which comes first. So is it develop a business analyst mindset first, or is it learn the fundamentals of business analysis? So for me, I started with actually learning the fundamentals of business analysis. Um, so after I discovered that, okay, there was, there was a career called business analysis, I started learning, right? What was what it really about? What does it entail? So I read job specs. Then I went online, as everyone does, and I found Laura um, of Bridging the Gap and read a lot of our articles, consumed them, bought her book, read all of it, like literally word for word, really enjoyed the book. And then I... I bought a UK-based book as well on how to become a business analyst. I went on Udemy. I bought the two best courses on business, the most top-rated courses on business analysis on Udemy, and I finished every one of them. And then, and then at that point, I had a good idea of what a business analyst does, what the job entails. And then the next step was then to develop the mindset. Now I said that. I thought back to everything I had done in the past and started looking at them in the lens of a business analyst, right? So what's stakeholder management, how have I been gathering requirements, process, process I've dealt with, you know, analysis. I was just like looking through my experiences in the past and thinking of how I have engaged in business analysis in one form or the other. So that's the next step you know, develop a business analyst mindset. And the next thing is enroll on an intensive BA crash course. That was the next step I took. So I, I advised people, yes, you can, the Udemy courses are great. But for me, I wanted to really have, and this was before we had the pandemic, I really wanted to have one-on-one, face-to-face someone who is actually on the job whom I can ask questions to and they can tell me about their experiences and, and also, like, I relate all the things I've learned into, like, real-life experience. That was what I wanted in the crash course. The other, the other thing I wanted in the crash course was a life project, right? I wanted them to place me in a project where I could actually be a business analyst so I can confidently talk about that experience when I'm in interviews, as well as other things such as, you know, CVs and, and LinkedIn as well. So that's the next thing. I'd say look for a good, good trainer 
And there's lots of them out there. Look for a good trainer to get the in-person or as much as possible a live you know, business analyst training. The next thing is to get the relevant experience. Now, you would get this with actually with, a, with your trainer, right? Most of them would all call the live project. If not, find a way to get that experience. Now, if the training is not, your trainer is not offering that, you could find a project yourself to start and do. And a project could be something as simple as just, you know, trying to be your own website to collaborating with a friend to start up something. It could be a, a project that you get yourself involved and then you be the business analyst on that project and do everything that uh what you or everything you've learned implement it on that project. So that would be a relevant experience. Find a way to get a relevant experience. And then next thing is to then take up your your CV, um, a resume, and revamp it, make it into a BA-specific resume. So look at your previous experiences and you know just reconstruct your CV to be a CV that is applicable to your business analyst. And then the next thing, number six, would be to join a BA community um, or network with other BS business analysts. So this was something I did a lot. I found as much business analysts as I can get. I spoke to them. I asked them what their day was like. How did they get to becoming a business analyst? What are the challenges they face? All of that stuff. I asked lots and lots of questions. What also helped with the training I did was we were placed in a group with other people in similar circumstances. So we were able to chat about with our project leader around, you know, what real life, being a real life business analyst was. So I'd say find a community. These days, there's so many ways you can find a community. You can go on LinkedIn. Um, there's one I'm on on WhatsApp. Just so many ways you can, you know, join the Bridging the Gap House community on LinkedIn. And then the last thing is to go out there and crack the BA interview. So that that's the that's the entire process for me. And I appreciate everything that you said there because I have definitely gone through that. And and maybe we can talk a little bit about a couple of things that kind of stand out to me is, you know, as, as business analysts, we have to be sort of self-motivated. And in addition to that self-motivation, that leads us towards uh, sort of investing in ourselves and our potential. Yep. Sometimes we sort of wait for an organization to help us get the training that we need. And that's not always forthcoming. And so maybe, maybe speak to how we can have sort of that self-motivation as well as sort of crack the, the fear of investing in ourselves. Right. My experience, here, here's how I think about it. When I was going into my career, I went in as a consultant. And that was the mindset I had. I wasn't going in as a, a, a permanent, you know, in an organization. Even though if, if I got... So, if that was the opportunity that came first, I'd have taken it, right? But I just had had the mindset of a consultant. And just what that meant was I just basically owned my career. That's just, that's just what it is. As opposed to I'm in an, in an organization and then they they have a path for me to get to the top and I have to go through that training and wait for them to promote me and all that stuff. I, I wanted to own my career. So that was the mindset I always had, consultant mindset. So I would advise that people see see yourself on your career. 
don't wait for someone else to define what your path is going to be like. When you know that you own your career, then you're going to owe yourself designing your path and then doing what you can to actually achieve the things that you set to achieve. The other thing, the other way to also look at it is, is see yourself as the CEO of your career. That's the, so because I'm a consultant and I have my own business and it might help that I'm actually entrepreneurial. So I've run businesses in the past. I see myself as the CEO of my career. So I see myself as a business. That's how literally I see myself. And for a business to be successful, you know, you need to have resources. You need to invest in that business, right? So I see doing all of this self-improvement as a way of investing in myself. So it's something that I am doing all the time rather than waiting for someone to actually do that for me. So I always put myself in that edge and that position because I see myself as a business and I'm the CEO of this business. I love that. I, I was reading an article the other day where the, the gentleman um, bas- basically said, we are all entrepreneurs, whether we have our own company or not. If we work in a corporate organization, consider the corporate organization as your client. And, uh, you know, the relationship endures as, as long as you want it to endure and not as long as uh, the client necessarily wants it to endure or if they want to put you in a sort of a specific box, either enjoy that box or if it's not working for you, move on to another one. <laughs> I know that, that this is a topic that you're very passionate about, and I want to sort of lead into how it relates to um, your mission with your project in Africa. That's a, that's a big part of me. So like my mission with Africa started from, was it 2016? I think it was 2016 or 2017 that I went, I, I was, so I was out to Africa to collect data for my PhD. Right. And while I was out there, I lived with my, um, an uncle and he had his kids. And when I came, I came with my laptop, right. You know, I came with my laptop, I'm doing my work. And these kids see, you know, they see my laptop and they're so excited. They're so happy. They're jumping all around and, you know, they want to, they want to use a laptop to play, right? Kids. Um, and I noticed that they had a, they had a computer in the house and it was just, you know, the, the ones from the past, the, the, the ones with a big back, you know, the desktop, you know, yeah, them ones. That was what it had. But so it, it wasn't working, right? I tried to make it work, but you know, it, it was it just wasn't working. So I tried to repair it. So after I went through collecting data for my for my research work and it was about time for me to return back to England, um, I said, Okay, I'd like to repair this for them. So I took the the machine to what we call a computer center where a lots of computers get repaired they were like like the computer is so dead that you know would have to replace it get a new one and as a as a student you know a phd student who was just you know who was out on field work i didn't have enough money to replace it for them and and had to come back to england but that left something inside of me and i'm thinking back in england my cousins here back in england they each have a laptop to them 
not just a laptop. They've got smartphones. They've got iPads to them. But then here's a kid in Africa who doesn't even have access to neither of those. And I, you know, I said to myself, like everything that I know about computers today and technology was because my parents um, had the foresight to expose me to computers at a very, very early stage. So, and I always say, um, um, a kid, an African kid exposed to a computer today could become the Zuckerberg, the Bill Gates of Africa in the next 15 to 20 years. You never know. Um, so that was what that left inside of me. And then when I came back, I, I had a skill to actually build websites for businesses. So I started an agency to actually build sites for a web, you know, small businesses. And I told myself, from every profit that I make, I'm gonna save ten percent to buy to save up to buy a computer for that for that cousin of mine. And that was exactly what I did. And I have a LinkedIn article that actually shows a picture of me, you know, of him with a with a laptop. So I actually put all of that money together and bought him a laptop. And I thought, I wanna do more of this. I wanna help more kids in Africa have access to computers, you know, just so they can become, you know, something in, in future now i'm still thinking of how to actually define that and put a structure to that because what i'm seeing is it's not just enough to give them a computer you know you need the softwares they need to have access to internet um they need to have all all of the other rights resources that's even the issue of power else it's just a it's just an empty box right it's just kids is going to play games and we're, we're not going to achieve anything so i'm still thinking of how to put structures to that but that's that's a passion of mine and that's why for me the big dream is to have an innovation center in africa with like lots of computers and internet and and kids can just go in there and, and learn digital skills to empower themselves for you know the society that we find ourselves today what i do as my day-to-day career is to help me achieve that goal. So everything I do is to position myself, you know, financially in, in the network, in the people that I connect with, in, in the resources that I'm building into myself. Just in every way, everything I'm doing is to achieve that goal. So that's, that's how we connect for me. That's terrific. And something else that we're pretty big on here, the podcast is the concept of our careers will be better for us the more we have an attitude of giving back I agree. to some sort of community, whether it's through volunteering with a local IIBA chapter, whether it's through volunteering with a local youth organization or through your program or through your program. <laughs> um, yeah. So yes, very much um, appreciate that, that big dream of yours. I want to sort of think of uh, your experience with the old computer as a bit yeah. of an analogy. <laughs> so I, I sort of had the thought as you were talking about that, what are some things we can do when we're in a role, whether it's a consulting role or a corporate role, we're in, we're in a role and it's just not working out. It's a, uh, a place that we don't want to be in. We've been there too long and we're sort of feeling uh, that it's not where we want to be anymore. So how would you maybe approach someone who was uh, asking your advice on that? 
So you're you're in an organization and you know you've had enough of being in the organization and you want to move on. Right. Something about it's not working out. So for example, I had a, a role that I was in for a few years, knew it was not the right role when I took it to take it, but it became more apparent over those few years that it was not the right role for me and we were not a fit for each other. So how would you maybe um, advise someone who may be in a situation like that? So first of all, like why why are you on the role? Maximize it because you're already you're already in the role. So whatever opportunities there is and whatever lessons there are to 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 get from being in that particular organizational role, I would say maximize it. However, do a do a self search a self search into what it is that is the what's what's the disconnect basically. Um, what is it about that organization? What is it about the role that doesn't just work for you? And I give you an example of this as part of self improvement. Self improvement that we we're talking about earlier. I I I know that I need to get a little bit more on the technical side. It's, you know, understand. You know, just be able to understand to interact with my my developers. So I need to understand SQL a little bit more. I need to know it. You know, deep dive into Excel. I need to get on, you know, know some analytical tool. So I took a course, quite an expensive course. That was that was exactly on SQL, Excel, and Tableau for visualization. And as I started that course, so we started with Excel first. I immediately just found out, yeah, like this is this. It didn't come natural for me. Like I was like, what am I doing here? It was a. Uh, I had to really push myself to to complete the course because it's just not how I, how I am wired. Um, now I, I've known that, and this is funny because I, I I did an engineering degree and it involved a lot of like maps and calculations and 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 I worked really hard to 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 get through that. So I've kind of known that. Meanwhile, when I'm doing design, like that comes natural for me. I really enjoy just like being creative. I'm really creative. Uh, but this was the proof that that's really not who I am. So, so yeah, you know, for me, it just was, okay, this is really who you are. Try to play to your strengths, right? Um, now I know not to maybe um, go for a role that is requiring a lot of, you know, numbers and, and Excel and, and that sort of thing, I know to play more to my strength now. So I would say to that person, you know, sit down and really get to understand yourself. So because if I say, oh, yeah, move on to the next thing, you just might make the net same mistake and end up in a place where, you know, you don't you don't like either the role or the organization. So start with, first of all, understanding what you enjoy, what you like, what makes you tick. And go out there to look for those kind of organizations. Um, an easy, an easy thing to do also is once you understand who you are, talk about, talk about those things. And that's what I, I do with LinkedIn to talk about those things. Um, and you would find those organizations, those sort of people gravitate towards you. Um, and that really, that, that helps as well. So. I love that. And I, I very much agree. The concept of sort of that self-reflection and un- understanding who we really are is definitely 
very valuable in those situations. Where do you sort of see business analysis going, say, in the next five years? It seems to me, and and I, I wonder if you would agree, they're getting more into a product path or we're getting into a data path. Seem, seems that's most of the roles these uh-huh, days, but, uh-huh. but where do you see uh, see things going? Uh, I want to hear more about what you think, um, because this is, a, this is a question, I actually have a whole post on this, right? Um, it's, a really, it's a question I keep asking. And wh- why do I ask? I, I noticed, and, and just maybe because the barrier to entry is, is low, but I just noticed that a lot of people, everybody now wants to become a business analyst which is fine and that's absolutely fine then when i was training i kept asking my 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 trainers i'm like if if you guys are you know getting everyone into business analysis how do we how how are we different what makes us different and then they'll say yes you know your personality you know your different background your skills all that stuff Um, so yeah so i asked this question and a lot of the answers was spe- number one specialism. I I think personally that we're going to get into a place where it would not just be being be it to be a generalist business analyst. There'll be so much of you that the your return on investment would just not be worth it anymore. Like there'll just be so many generalists out there. The way to really stand out would be specializing and that's what i'm doing with rpa it's what i'm doing with moving into products as well so you know i'd say once you're a business analyst for however many years you should begin to think of um over the years look at your experiences look at where you've worked and start thinking of how to specialize i spoke to someone and he said to me that he doesn't want to specialize because if he specializes he puts him in a box fair enough fair enough however you should own a domain you shouldn't own something people should say yep that's the guy for process that's the guy for data that's the guy for and it doesn't have to be one thing as well it could be two three things not more than three be agile you could be an agile ba who is good at process mapping and you know and also works on a lot of data projects you know something like that um but you need to deep dive in a particular area and own that area and and i agree with you that things are moving more to becoming productized as well organizations are taking a more data-driven approach to taking decisions so yes you know having a form of data analysis skills is um is going to be is going to play a big part um in in the future of business analysis yeah i agree i would say that specialization is definitely getting more prevalent organizations are wanting to be data driven and so if you have those data skills and enjoy them and uh, yeah that is uh, that is where you want to play. Then that that will be a, a space you can play in for the next several years and probably even longer. I think yep. you mentioned RPA process automation is also going to be huge. There are so many, especially as I think we dive into 
organizations that are long-term traditional type of business models. So there will still be a need for analysts that can work well on on those older longstanding systems. But but, uh, yeah, big data and RPA and um, product is the way things seem to be going these days. So as we wrap up, maybe talk about uh, what's coming up next for you, other projects you've got going. Uh, so <laughs> I'm working on um, quite a few things. So at the moment, um, so I'm working on that, on that particular article to just sort of detail my process to actually how I became a business analyst and to help a lot of people out there. I'm going to put that on LinkedIn, so I'll make sure you know, Tracy. But currently, what is really exciting for me is currently working with a startup called Career Masterclass and the product manager there. So I look after the products. And what we do there is we help professionals, aspirational and ambitious professionals to, you know, we just teach them everything about career growth and how to navigate the career workplace, basically. And we are building a product to support that that mission and that is really exciting for me so you would hear me talk a lot about career mass class and and developing a career path so yeah working on this project is really exciting for me aside from that another interesting project that i actually just started is as you know a lot of people are currently you know have currently lost their jobs some don't even know that their jobs don't exist anymore um <laughs> So I've been thinking, how how can I help? How can I help? How can I help? So I I, I am helping people now. So I started a little project called um, Banamatas. And basically what it is, is I am designing, using my designing skills to help people, help professionals design LinkedIn banners that matters. So you know how LinkedIn gives you the blue empty mm-hmm. banner space? So I am offering people who are currently uh, you know looking for jobs i'm offering to design the linkedin banners and, and tracy i'll probably do one for you as well i uh, would love that yeah <laughs> I, I can't even tell you how much i would love that <laughs> but yeah i'm looking to uh, uh, you know just help people out there who are you know currently in the market and just a way of me um giving back so that doesn't that's, that's an exciting project for me i'm i'm, I'm refining it once it launches, um, I would, I'd, I'd let you know. But I'll definitely do one for you. Let me know what you think. Terrific. And so folks I know can find you on LinkedIn, but I also want to make sure yep. we give a plug to your website. Yep. So that is uh, patrickgiwa.com. That's where to find me. And and the way I leave is LinkedIn. If you want to have a chat, uh, discuss how to get become a business analyst, um, LinkedIn is the place. Terrific. Well, so appreciate your time. I know it's very late for you, so appreciate you uh, staying up late for us. For our listeners, your call to action today is to do some self-reflection and see what small thing you can do to discover who you are, what your gifts are, and how you can use them to find the career that you want. And if you would please give me a shout out when you do that, email me at Tracy, T-R-A-C-I-E, at traceabilitypodcast.com. And uh, Patrick, you are, thank you so much. 
Thank you so much, Rachel. Really, really enjoyed this. Thank you for the opportunity.